0: Dear Lord, we thank you for allowing us in your presence again this evening. And Father, tonight I would just like to touch briefly on what we talked about last night, and I, I wanted to highlight two important things. One is we talked about the word hope, and we also talked about the fear of you. And Lord, we talked about the crown. We need to understand the ways of doing the ways, the words of God, dear God, when we do these things. It enables your great promises because you're always looking down, as you say in Proverbs, excuse me, Psalms fourteen two and 3, and Psalms 53, 2 and 3, to see if we understand and if we do good, which is like Jesus, you said to us, that you showed him many good works from the Father. In other words, these works are from the Father that we do them and he sees them and he enables the thing that we're asking to be done. It's a sad thing that we do not understand that there are words of God and we cannot separate the fact that the whole Bible tells about the words. But if the Bible, let's just say up until the the time that you came into the earth, they had all the Old Testament. But yet you still had to come in, open the words, and they never got it. And now we've added the New Testament, which is another explanation of the knowledge of truth and the way of doing the words, as it says in Luke twenty four, forty four and forty five, you caused the disciples after you came back from the Father. You caused them to hear the words, and then you were able to enable them to understand the scriptures. And the people today don't understand that they don't understand the scriptures. Everybody thinks they're rich in the spirit filled with the knowledge which you warned them. Lord, in the seventh church the way of the seventh church, the lukewarm church, the church that they believe they're rich in the rich in the spirit and filled with knowledge and yet you said you're going to cast them out and you tell the same thing in Matthew 7:21 to 23 in that you know they may have called on your name to heal people to cast out demons and to prophesy but they're lawless and they do not understand that your truth, your words, is law, and were required, as you said in John 17:17, 17, 17, that in this last days we must be sanctified by receiving the knowledge of truth, which is your words, God's words, because you were speaking to God the Father, and they can't discern that there are words of God that are set aside, and given promises. In other words, these words are not holy by themselves; it's the Spirit of God in them. It's just a communication language the words themselves are only holy because the spirit of god is in them the full at the full measure john three thirty four, because these same words are used in our normal languages every day but yet when we use them in a pure language to communicate with you in one shoulder in the way in other words we we not just have to walk talk and speak these words but we have to these words judge the intent of our heart so these words got to be spoken forth in a holy way A good example is the words wine and shown us in Leviticus 10, where you're talking to Aaron now. He just lost his two sons. They had taken the the fire into the Holy of Holies. They started to, and the the Father, the, the Lord, burnt them with fire because the words are always protecting And they're living words, as it says in Hebrews 4:12, and they discern the intent of the heart. They weren't commanded to take that fire into the holy of holies at that time. And it's very important we understand they they burn strange incense. What it means strange is they weren't commanded to take it in. Last night we talked about the decree of the king. Haman didn't have the decree of the king, but yet he wanted to impersonate the king. The shepherds today are are doing this. They're, they're acting like Haman's. They're, they're acting like they want. They want to please the world and get the money and build their, I mean, have their Mercedes Benz and even higher than that Rolls Royce's Jets and be important. And they go around and when something doesn't go their way, they say, don't you know who I am? Well, I am this person. I have this big job of doing exactly what the Lord told me not to do. He told me not to, from the time that the words are open, I am not to go negotiate with these people in Washington and so on. I am not to do anything except make known the words of God and humble myself before you and plead before you, as it says in Joel two twelve to 20, for the salvation of the people and to gather the people and sanctify them by their words so that we have the right to gather. You don't even have the right to do the holy assembly until... You've got been sanctified, like he says in in Joel 2, 12 to 20, but the people don't know how to be sanctified because they're not listening to the commandment of the Lord in John seventeen seventy. Now, what I'm trying to point out here is wine. When we drink wine, we're asking the Lord, if we're drinking it in the right way, we're asking the Lord to make known his eternal plan to us, make known the truth to us. But there's an instance... When you don't want to drink the wine, to go into the Lord to ask a question. And it's told to us in Leviticus 9, I mean Leviticus 10, 9 and 10. It says very clearly, it says, uh, start, starting at verse 8, it says, Then the Lord spoke to Aaron, saying, Do not drink wine or intoxicating drink when drink. You nor your sons with you when you go into the tabernacle of meeting, lest you die. It shall be a statute forever throughout your generations that you may distinguish between holy and unholy and between unclean and clean, that you may reach the children of Israel, uh, may may be uh, to teach the children of Israel all the statutes which the Lord had spoken to them by the hand of Moses. Now, please understand what he's saying here. If you want to separate them and cause them to be separated from the world. That's the work of the first spirit. And the work of the first spirit is to separate light and darkness. And if you want to know clean and unclean, if you're going to go teach new ones about this, what do you do? You use a cold cup of water. What do they do before they go to the tablet? They wash their hands with water, wash their feet with water. And then they go in and get the word and they come out and tell the people what that word was. So what, you're, what we're saying is there's a time to drink wine. There's a time to understand the eternal plan of God. But if you're going to go be a teacher, a teacher with the people and you want to get them to be separated from the world, wine's not necessarily the drink you want to choose. If they don't know anything about the words, wine is an advanced thing. Oil and wine, they are the people that are not on milk knowledge. You can take a child, a cup of cold milk, a cup of cold. And that'll that'll do the way of that. But as you can see, what the Lord is showing through Aaron is there's a time when you don't do this. You don't take the wine. Remember, Noah became a wine. He taught the people with wine. The problem is, if you think about it, what happened is, you know, we, they, they came across the waters and so forth, the flood and all that. They had that correction. But the people needed to understand there's a difference between the using of these, and this is part of the growth process. Remember that we're going to make mistakes. It's impossible, the Lord says, not to offend somebody. So We're going to make mistakes, but we're going to grow in knowledge and, and come to the right choice. But We have to learn what is the right choice, and we've got to find these scriptures and understand them. So he's telling you that the water is the way if you're going to offer it. And he tells us that in Matthew 13 as well. It's the water in Matthew 10. I can't remember what it is, but he's telling us to give a cold cup of water in the way of a prophet or the way of a righteous man. I've explained that before. I'd like to also talk about the importance of the word real quickly. You now, the water is a word. Hope is a word. Crown is a word. It says here in verse Proverbs chapter 2, Let's look at it real quickly. He says, my son, if you receive my words, and he's speaking the words of God. He Remember, he was given wisdom. What is the wisdom? Wisdom comes by the words of wisdom. And, uh, you know, the Lord has been calling out through prophets and and through everybody and through these writings and through the scriptures, telling the people to get the words of wisdom that they do not know. He tells you in Revelation 19, 11 and 13 that you do not know the word. And he has that word written on his leg, his right thigh. It is what sets us apart as the tribe of Israel. When you get that word and you walk in the way of that word, you can't, you know, he's saying, when you follow me and abide in my word, then what you desire will be done for you. And right now we need our desire to be set apart from the world very quickly because the war is coming. I've told you, well, let me read this for, for here first. It says, my son, if you receive my words and treasure my commands within you, so that you incline your ear to wisdom. See, if you don't receive the words, you will not increase in wisdom. You might think you're increasing in wisdom, but you're not going to increase in wisdom because you cannot understand the scriptures, as he says in Luke 24, 44 to 45. You just think you do. But there's a whole new level to the scriptures once you understand the words, because the whole Bible is woven together by these words of God, and you enable the understanding of the works that they undo by that. He says says, so that you incline your ear to wisdom and apply your heart to understanding. See, once you get the words of wisdom, you want to understand how to bear fruit by them, how to do the way of them, as we just talked about, why we don't uh, use wine when you're wanting to teach somebody the word because you're back at the beginning. You're starting with the first spirit with them, and you've got to grow them because God has a plan, the plan of knowledge is you build them, step by step by step, a little here, a little there, and you have to build this. Now, it's a good thing to understand that the seventh spirit is the fear of the Lord. So you know that your goal is to get to the point where you understand that fear of the Lord. So you should start off with an attitude of, I want to be understanding enough, wise enough to understand the fear of the Lord. And you start with that concept and then go forward with the with the work of the first step, the first spirit, and the second spirit, the third spirit, and so, so on says, if you seek her as silver, in other words, you're seeking the words of God and the understanding, the wisdom and the words of God, the words of God and the words of wisdom and the the understanding of how to do them. If you do that, if you seek her as silver and search for her as hidden treasures, remember what he says that people, you know, the the preachers, uh, uh, they they go out there and they're uh, selling uh, pearls But then when they find the pearl of great price, they don't sell anything anymore. They don't sell them. You can't sell a message of God. It's always freely given. It's a gift of God. If you charge charging for the gift of God, his words, the knowledge of his words, it's wrong. God will cause it to be on the hearts of the people to come in and provide what is necessary when they need it. He says, if you seek her as silver and search for as, as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk uprightly. He guards a path of justice, preserves the way of his saints. Then you will understand righteousness and justice, equality in every good path. What's a good path? A path is you walk in the, way of the words. It's the light that guides you. Entrance of his words gives light, and gives understanding to the simple. And it enables you to enable the good works of God because then you have the promise of John fifteen seven. If you follow him and abide in his words, then what will happen? You have every desire will be done for you. That's the secret to the words. Now, last night we talked about this thing with the king and so forth. We... We have to understand that we are in the time, the anointing of the Lord, when he opened the first seal judgment. He was opening the crown, offering it to us, opening the bow, offering it to us, the bow. And he's saying, if you want the crown of life, how do you do that? You get the words of wisdom and know the fear of the Lord. And then you'll be able to use these words and call upon those words. And he's going to give you the right of the bow to shoot them, to do them. He's offering that to us. Now you have to understand, you have to do it line by line, precept upon precept. And you got to get busy because we're out of time. But that's what the first sealed judgment was all about. And the seal, as I've told you, we get sealed with the instructions in the night. The Antichrist is not coming until the middle of the day, about noon of the day of the Lord, which is more than seven years from now, just over seven years. to The best understanding we can have. It's about that time frame, but it's not the time of the Antichrist. It's a time of the false doctrine. It's a time of that little horn that's evil, that's planning everything by deception. To a merchant, they're going to bring forth a, a false Messiah to sell it to the people to do what? To be able to steal everything you got. That's what they're doing, and they're showing you this. They just announced they had this thing in Dubai where they they had a um, major meeting. And what did they do? They did the same thing they did in London earlier this year, and, and they did the thing in uh, uh, New York at the UN thing, and they they had the uh, arch of ball come in there. That that arch, it's symbolic of ball worship. of ball, it's pointing to this false Messiah that's going to come in. Because the thing about the uh, the ball is, he was a merchant. All he wanted was to make a profit, and I'm telling you the. The world system, the Crown Trust, is trying to build a situation where they're going to steal all the truth from people. Although they're going to steal all their assets and all their property, everything. They're going to bankrupt the nations and take everything. And they're going to take the souls. They've already taken the souls, but they're going to actually physically kill the people and, and cast their souls out, of course. Because the people didn't walk in the fear of God, and they're not protected. From this, they think they're going to heaven. It's questionable because the Lord said he's going to spew them out of his mouth. If he spews them out of his mouth. They don't have the words. And if you don't have the words, John eight forty seven says you're not of God. We need to understand that. Now, please understand. I'm going to sum up here real quickly this. I told you that right now the Lord is king. We should anoint him as king. We are required to anoint him as king. Babylon has already been declared fallen by God in Revelation eighteen one to 4 and in Isaiah 21, 1-12. It's already determined and already done because the night is here. And he's saying, when he said all that in Isaiah 21, he's telling us the night is coming. And he tells us in Daniel 7, 12 uh excuse me uh 11 and 12 that he's going to destroy this fifth beast kingdom that's on the earth right now and he's going to take away the dominion and give it to his son for seven years that's the seventh week, 70th week of daniel and then at the end of that time time is seven years uh, two hours is a seven years period i've explained all that many many times and from the book of revelation and so forth and shown you the scriptures and what is happening here is that the lord is going to reign In the midst of that time comes the rapture. But we have to be ready for the rapture because we have to be spotless before we can go before the Lord. We become spotless by having wisdom and understanding. And then we will be given the insight by even being in front of the Father and, and increasing in the knowledge of God and so forth. And when we come back, we're going to come back mighty. But we're going to be mighty now because it's this time of the night the Lord told us about the night, and we don't seem to really understand the night very well. That we're we're just ignoring it. Um, and I've told you, the night is the time of the um, the time when the Lord is judging us. I mean, we get our um, seal judgment is done in the nighttime. See, the murderer rises with the light, he kills the poor and needy, and in the night he is like a thief. And the Lord said in 1 Thessalonians 5 to 3 that our judgment comes like a thief in the night. So he's telling us that the thief, the murderer, he's done all this work, all this time when the light was available. The light was available, but remember he said the evening began with the light, and they've been putting all this in place to destroy us. I mean they've been stepping it up and, and putting everything in place, the Law of the Sea Treaty to re signed that and got everything set to take over the world. The murderer is rising, but they're coming as a thief in the night, which is what the Lord said, and he told us in Luke seventeen thirty four that's gonna be like that. That was I just read to you, Job twenty four fourteen. And you know, it tells us in Revelation twelve that our trouble is coming like a flood. And so in Job twenty-seven twenty says, The terrors overtake him like a fud. The tempest steals him away in the night. In the night. We're in the night of the day of the Lord. And we're also now in the time when he has sent the archangel Michael, meaning that the great millstone has been sent and it's going to grind us. The spirit of God has been loosed to bring forth. Now, Two things about that. It's coming in the full measure of the light of God, like the seven spirits at this time, because it's a latter rain. And that means the fear of God can be enabled by those who are wise. And those who will hear, and they'll begin to search out the Lord, and then the Lord will call us. But until the people get sanctified, we want to call for a sacred assembly, but how can we have a sacred assembly if we're not sanctified, set apart as holy? We can't do that. See, so we have to be able to drink the cold cup of correction, the water right now, so that we are able to determine what is holy and unholy. If the words of God are real or unreal, he will make that known to you. He tells you in Proverbs one twenty three that if you will hear of the words of God and you will turn to him, he will pour out his spirit upon you and cause you to know those words. It will happen. We have to understand that this is the time. See, Psalms one forty seven eleven says, The Lord takes pleasure in those who fear him, in those who hope in his mercy. And it tells you that, you know, in Proverbs 1, 7 said, The fear of the Lord is beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom. And instruction and i've told you he goes on in proverbs 1 explains in proverbs 1 20 to 33 that he wisdom's always calling out our words and if you will receive it he'll he'll cause you to know his words but if you reject his knowledge he says he's going to let all the troubles that you desire to come upon you because he's not going to answer you in this time when he when he seals the word in other words there's a famine of the word coming he says the light Read John 9, 4, 5 very carefully because he says in this day that in the night, at a time in the night, the Father is going to order that the Lord leaves the people. And they will not be able to receive his words. And that's the famine of the word that's coming that he warned you of in Amos 8, 11 to 14. And he tells you that in, see, he tells you, remember the millstone I told you is, is a word of God. And, he, and you can see this. He tells you in Jeremiah twenty three, twenty nine, he says, Is not my word like a fire and like a hammer that breaks the rock in pieces? Now pay attention to this because the very first thing that the Lord speaks of when he's going to send his judgment, he sends fire and then hailstone. That's that's what he does. He he sends snow and clouds and stormy wind. And what's he doing? He's fulfilling his word. All of that's part of his word, but he's doing it in the way of the spirits of God. See, the fire is the the word, and it's supposed to burn the stubble. In other words, if the people don't get the words, they do not progress to the, the spirit of wisdom. So that's why the fire comes first, and the hail comes, the correction. And if you look inside a hailstone in the Bible, it tells you it's fire inside. But that's a great thing if they receive it. Because they, they, if you understand the cold cup of correction, because the people rejected that wisdom, he sends them hailstones. But if we will re- receive the cold cup, what's it do? It separates those. It tells us the difference between what's holy and unholy. And naturally, if you desire holy, you'll go after the words of wisdom that are holy because he tells you in John three thirty four that the full measure of the spirit of God comes in his words. You don't find that in other words, but you find it in those and then snow. Snow is, is the way of correction. It lays cold upon the people. So when you, you know, like you can give a child a cup of snow cone, for example, when you're trying to teach them um, understanding because it's the way of understanding. Snow it's the cold that lays on you. And what's it do? It brings that white. It's like a white garment he's desiring and the snowflake's beautiful by itself. And what it's doing, it's symbolic of... Remember, if you look at the sun, the sun pure frequency of the sun looks like a toning fork. If you take the water and you freeze it at the exact moment the sun frequency hits it, it turns into like a tuning fork. Now, there's been many experiments done with the f- freezing of water crystals, and it's marvelous if you look at it. It's true. You can do that testing things. You can speak evil to something and it'll corrode quickly. Where it won't do it if you're speaking peace and sovereignty because the words are living and the particles are all living. The words are in everything. They know what you're speaking and doing and a plant will react if you speak to it good. That's why vineyards, when you speak the blessings of God and the knowledge of truth to it, you're going to get a great result. Isaac had wisdom and understanding and he had a hundredfold crop. Why? He understood things. We don't understand the words and how to do it. Look at Elisha plowing with 12 yoke of oxen with a single plow. Why would you do that? Way overkill, but why? There's a purpose in the blessing that he's stirring up in that ground. His word is like a fire, and that's the first thing he's going to send out. He's, at this time, he's sending fire upon the earth. He's saying this. You're going to see real fire come at some point that you want, that you think of in the way of the world, he's going to give you fire. But right now he's sending the fire of the word because Michael's here with the millstone. And if you receive the words of God, he's going to cause that to be stirred up into you until you become refined. He's going to work on you. It's going to be refined at this time. And it's a hammer that breaks the rock in pieces. What is that? He tells you, go back to the statue of Nebuchadnezzar. And what happened in that statue? The stone that was not cut by human hand, crushed that statue on its feet and broke apart the, the pattern i mean the clay and the iron because they are not built on a solid foundation of the Word of God, and his word causes all things to be pounded and he told us that in this time his word his nation his kingdom is going to do what in matthew twenty-one forty-three to 44 it's his kingdom he's talking about his kingdom is the words that's in you and he says they're going to crush those who come against it but they're going to grind to powder those who will receive it they're going to be refined and ready for the entrance to stand before god at the rapture that that's what we're talking about but he also tells us a very important verse, Job 25.2. He says, Dominion and fear belong to him. He makes peace in his high places. Understand what he's talking about here is dominion and fear belong to him. And last night I was telling you about the fact that when we walk in the way of the king, with the, you know, if you have the crown of the king, you're going to have the crown Is the word of God is going to go before you. It's going to be like you have his crown on your head. You don't wear a crown, but it's going to be like you wore a crown because they're going to know the word of God is in your mind and it's in your heart. And dominion belongs to them because in the way of those who understand the way of the sick spirit, you have the authority of God to take dominion over the earth. And the first thing we have to do is remove all the things that's cursing the earth. The idols and and the people that are bringing forth the destruction of GMO seed and all this other stuff that they're doing, the chemtrails and and the food that they're destroying. They've destroyed the food, the water they're putting arsenic in and all these other things. All this stuff must be corrected. But you can take the water, and remember what he did? He bring the salt of correction. What's the salt? The salt is symbolic of the promise of God. And the bowls, symbolic of the of the judgment of God, He pours out the prayers and stuff that's been saved at this time. They're being poured out from heaven. You have the ability to walk in the promise of God and be able to correct these things as needed in this day when you walk in the way of the words with authority and understanding, and and do as He instructs us. He tells us, "The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and a good and understanding have all those who do His commandments." His praise endures forever. He will bless those who fear the Lord, both small and great. Let those who fear the Lord now say his mercy endures forever. The Lord is on my side, I will fear not. What man can do to me? What can a man do to me? See, remember God brought Lazarus back to life. There were times in the time of the apostles that women saw their husbands brought back to life. Those who fear you will be glad when they see me because I have hoped in your word. People don't understand the word you're carrying and teaching. It's worth more than any amount of money because they're going to bankrupt the currency and God's going to destroy it because of the pagan symbolism on it. It's it's cursed money. It's fiat in the first place. It's not worth anything. They're going to collapse it anyhow. But God's going to take their gold away from them that they've used the fiat currency to purchase and steal from everybody. When I was working with these people, they would pay three to one the value of gold. They kept gold. You notice they've always kept gold prices low, way below its market value. They would keep it down there so they could offer three times the currency price to anybody. that would turn over gold to them in any kind of quantity. Whether a general had, you know, stolen the gold from his country, which they do. They get the troops and so forth in Indonesia and places like that. They did all this. China, they did all this. They stole the gold, uh, used the people to get it, and then they killed off all the people and keep the gold. And and it's been done for ages. And it's all been gathered because that's what it says in Ecclesiastes 2.26. He would do. It would cause them to gather it for this time. God's taking it back at this time. He's been using them to do that, to take it from this time. He's going to take it from them by his curses. His curses meaning the, the plagues he's going to bring upon them. He says, blessing and curses he's given them, and they've walked in the way of curses, and now the plagues are going to come upon them that i want to end here because i think you get the message we must fear him but we also must believe in the hope understand that god is ready he says in psalms 147 11 as i said before it says the lord takes pleasure in those who fear him and those who hope in his mercy The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. And we are in a time where God says Babylon has fallen. This world kingdom is done. They don't have any authority of God to have dominion, but you do if you set yourself apart by the way of the words of God, because this is the time where the Lord is now reigning because Michael has been sent. The millstone is here. The season of winter has come. And he said in Daniel 7, Uh, verse 12 that he's destroying this beast kingdom and for a season and time he's taken away their dominion they don't have a right of dominion he's now sent that authority and he will verify it if they bring you before them the lord is going to speak and do his will do not tempt god but follow the lord and allow him to guide you he will bring situations in but do not Bring it's just like this fire. Fire is symbolic of the word, and and Moses, uh, Aaron's two sons took the fire into the holy of holies before it was time, and it was on 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 time. And he said, you have to understand, you have to walk in the way of the words. And you have to teach the people the right way. And then you'll be able. You have to start with the fact that the first thing the people have to do is separate from the world and be set apart by the words. And that's the work he wants done right now. That's the harvest. And he said that all those who turn to him, all those who call upon his name, which is the words of God, shall be delivered. The first thing they must do is believe in the words the voice of the words that Jesus was sent in the world to speak, Deuteronomy eighteen, eighteen, nineteen, John five, twenty-four, and believe in the promises of God that were prepared from the beginning of the time for these times, because we're in a biblical time. God gave the scroll to Jesus to open the words. That was the very first thing that happened with the first seal judgment. They're not the four horses of apocalypse to those who understand, but those who have no wisdom and understanding believe they're the four horses of evil. That's not what they're doing. They're offering you. the Oil and wine won't be touched in the third spirit. The sword, he's going to give you a mighty sword in the second spirit. He's giving you the bow and the crown in the first spirit. The right to be set apart from the world and take up his arrows, which is what the sword is. The word of God. And then you have the fourth spirit, which says the counsel of the Lord. He's going to bring death upon those who will not receive the word. But to those who receive the word, they won't be touched. Please, it's time to understand that we must walk in the way of the Lord and in what we desire to be done for us, including coming out, because this is the time of the winter, and they have a set time. They're coming forth with this destruction. I've explained it, that they plan to kill 7 billion people. Jesus says it in Matthew twenty-four, twenty-one to 22, Mark thirteen, nineteen to 20, and nobody's believing him. If we don't believe the Lord, if we will not do what he said to come out from these people of the world in Revelation eighteen 1 and 4, and understand that dominion's been taken away from them. Romans 13 does not apply to the crown trust or the queen. They have no right of dominion. They claim they have the right by God, but they do not. The Bible says it's not true. They have lost their right of dominion. They no longer have it. They haven't had it since 2003, but we've allowed them to have it. And that's on us. That is because the destruction from them is coming. Ezekiel 38 tells you that they're prepared to come against the people that are un, They don't have any walls. They have no protection. And the Lord is saying, take up the words. And the words will set you free. It'll deliver you through these judgments. John five twenty-four. Lord, we thank you for your great promises. We pray, Lord, that these people will, all people will turn to you, Lord, and myself included, Lord. We plead, plead with you, Lord that you allow us to have the sacred assembly because we've all sinned before you, Lord. And Father, we pray for the shepherds that they might turn and come to your truth, Lord, and that they might finally rightly divide the word of God. Lord, please help us in this. Lord, it's necessary for your people. Please save your people who have not been taught your truth and have none of the churches are putting your food of your words in their storehouses of their hearts and their minds. Lord, we pray that you'll make a big correction on this and let the shepherds know the trouble they're in, as you said in Zechariah 10.3. Let them understand it clearly, Lord. Jeremiah 23, Jude, the book of Jude. Lord, I pray that they will hear and come to truth that your people might be saved. In Jesus' name, let this harvest come. Let the revival come. Let the fear of God walk upon the earth, Lord. We pray this in thy precious name. Amen.